<laughs> Tabletop Tim here, thanking everyone for their continued support of the Probably Bad podcast, especially Scribbles and Carlo, my bestest friends. Welcome to the Probably Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. I'm Paper. And today's Probably Bad RPG idea is... A post-apocalyptic biker gang who rampage through the wasteland looking for baked goods and candy. People underestimate how valuable, delicious stuff would be in the post-apocalypse. Well, yeah, like, the, the reason that I picked this one out is, like, yeah, imagine you're living in, like... Mad Max times, and then you hear that there's chocolate. I would rampage. Yeah, like I feel like you know, there's definitely some kind of post-apocalyptic warlord who took control of the sweet stores after the end. Um, just there's them, and there's obviously based on like just inference, there's one who took control of the bondage stores after the end, and they're the two main powerful factions. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. That, that, those are the two warlords in all post-apocalyptic. And one who took control of, like, the gun store. Yeah, so there we go. We've established that you should sell large amounts of candy in the post-apocalypse. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We can go to our Patreon. Or... <laughs> I mean, I was just thinking how it would be, like, a really fucked up reskin of Honey House is this candy and bondage. <laughs> Candy of Bondage certainly it certainly sounds like a game. It sounds that has, like an RPG. It sounds like either a really bad parody of D D by someone who's never seen a D D. Or it's a game I mean it's a game that would definitely have a demographic. Yeah. Whether we want that demographic is a different question, but it would certainly have one. Um I mean maybe that's the system that this this game takes place in. Hmm. Yeah, like... So the biker gang, presumably, just based on how post-apocalyptic biker gangs tend to dress, are from the bondage faction. Hmm. And they want to get hold of some candy. Yeah. Presumably their enemies are from the candy faction and want to get hold of some bondage. There's just so much vanilla of all kinds over there. <laughs> so that, see, that was a really good joke, but I can't think of a follow-up to it. I'm, pr- I'm proud of that one. Let's all let's all just sit here and appreciate Paper's hilarity. Like, I think what you would need, you'd have half the group be uh, wearing bondage gear, mm-hmm. and the other half be dressed like Willy Wonka Umpa Lumpas. And you've got to sort of balance the two. I don't know if it's a mechanical balance or if it's just like physical color scheme consistent. No, it's a physical balance so that the bike doesn't tip over. And bringing Death Stranding, not falling over mechanics into games. I feel all games should have more falling over mechanics, especially <laughs> if you're running around on candy. I think that the candy side should, after they were critical hit, be able to sing like an umpa lumpa song about the attack. I mean, I feel like just all RPG characters should have the option to do mm. that. Um. Yeah. I'm so... thinking now about the candy people having some sort of like permanently wet shoe so that they will stick to the 
the candy road. Permanently and it's wet. It's making me uncomfortable. Permanently wet shoe is the worst D and D feat imaginable. Now is that feat with two E's or with an E A? <laughs> a. I actually didn't realise that pun until I said it, but no, that was deliberate, and I'm very funny. You just find, like, you know, an ancient, powerful fade you do a bargain for them, like, to reward you, one of your shoes is now permanently moist. Wait, only one of them? Only one of them. Like, it was a perpetually moist shoe, not perpetually moist shoes. That is true. <laughs> Whatever shoe you put on your right foot is permanently moist and sticky. But then you could move around like, like you've got an invisible scooter, just slide with one foot and push yourself along with the other foot. Okay, so one foot is, like, perpetually slippy and one is perpetually sticky, so you can start in the slippy one and use the sticky one as an oar. Yeah. Um, and this is how people get around in a post-apocalypse. Um, After all the cards are gone. It's, well, yeah, we go back to the, to go back to the idea, like, there used to be a biker gang. They hmm. have now been downgraded to invisible scooters. Yeah. I like, I think, like, yeah, so that's not a candy gang move. Mm. And I feel the bondage gang just like... I dread I guess to think it... how this is going to go. <laughs> I'm guessing they use like the ropes and leashes and stuff as like lassoes to pull themselves along. But what if there's nothing to attach onto? I mean, it's like Spider-Man, you know, you throw it up and it attaches to something in the end, we just don't think about what. Oh, okay, Spider-Man rules. Yeah, bondage Spider-Man is my new character. Okay, that's going to be the first part of the title. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think, because ideally you'd want something pointy, but you don't... I feel like you have to go to a real specialist to get something pointy. Hmm. What they could do... Like, I'm sure there'll be, like, you know, some sharp things they can put on their fronts. Mm -hmm. And then they just, like... So they're wearing roller skates as well, but bondage roller skates. And then they just, like, pull themselves towards the enemy really fast. I don't think this is actually related to the question anymore. I, I don't care. Just... Describe bondage roller skates. Like, I assume it's just, it's like a ro like roller skate. So it's everything on your foot. It's just, like, you know, tied to your foot. And it's oh so sexy. Like, <laughs> Whatever I, I that means to you. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't have a foot kink, but if you do, please do not send us in suggestions as to how a bondage shoe would make your foot sexy. Please send them to someone else. What I was picturing, though, when you said about them, like, like, crawling along on their fronts, is, like, you know those little metal studs? Yeah. Of, like, conical? Yeah. Just covering your front in those and then kind of moving along the ground like a snake. Yeah, I guess like what you could do is you put them like on your face, you're wearing like a gimp mask. Mm. And then you just slam your face into the ground and use that to pull yourself along. I I would rather use my chest. I don't think the human the human neck is designed to like transport that much weight regularly. I mean, you know, that's why it's done by masochists. <laughs> that's true. Um, so the gang that steals candy. Yes! Like, I think, like, yeah, the alternative, because it does also specify baked good, goods. Mm -hmm. Which is a broad church. Yeah, 
which implies someone is still doing baking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to think that the fourth warlord is just this nice old lady who runs a bakery. This is where the other three warlords get their bread. Yeah. Like, yeah, because, I mean, that's the other thing that people forget in post-apocalypse. Like, someone's got to be making food. Mm. But you very rarely see, like, you maybe see a farm or two, but you very rarely see, say, a mill or a butcher or anything like that. What I'm saying is more post-apocalyptic things need to focus less on exciting adventures and more on logistics. This is why we need more post-apocalyptic solar punk, I think, just as a, mm. like, and then we rebuild society. Yeah, but I mean, I think, yeah, like, because I think the issue is a lot of post-apocalypse basically just wallows in and now everything is fucked forever. But mm. it would be nice to have one where you were, like, actually rebuilding the world. Um, there is a game called Mutant Year Zero, which is sort of like that. Uh, you you unlock sort of more improvements to your settlement. And I think, like, yeah, you're searching for baked goods so that, you know, you can feed the people back home as opposed to shooting people in bondage gear. Maybe the old lady doesn't want to share her baked goods because the the other gangs used to hassle her. Mm. Be be careful who you make fun of before the apocalypse because you never know who's going to have the last access to yeah. fire. Uh, if you're ever losing an argument online, just bring up that you might end up a warlord in the apocalypse and, like... It'll go great. See how that sways things. Like, she sort of wraps herself in an exoskeleton of dread and uses that to fight the warlords. And your characters have to defeat her by, like, eating through the exoskeleton. Except the exoskeleton is made of raw dough, so you just kind of get stuck in it, and it's really gross to eat. And out of character, like, you have to eat, like, a bowl of raw raw cooking dough before, like, after, with each hit. To just, ship you. just to clarify, because it sounded a bit like it, you said cooking, not cookie. I said cooking, yes. Cookie dough would be different, a different experience. Uh, that's like, if you win, you get rewarded by getting to eat cookie dough. Maybe that's the healing item from the yeah. Candy Kingdom. Not the Candy Kingdom. That's probably trademarked. The sweet civilization. In the sweet sovereignty. <laughs> I like. I prefer the sweet sovereignty. Let's go with that one. Which bears no resemblance to any copyrighted intellectual property. Um, it's, uh, yeah, like, you take damage by eating raw, raw dough, and you heal by eating raw cookie dough. From the dough rivers. Dough rivers. Like, this apocalypse started because of a great dough flood. And that's how the baker got, like, so much power, because they were the only one able to deal with the dough everywhere. That makes sense. For a giving value of sense. Uh, and you're trying to, like, overthrow her regime by stealing all of her baked goods. Oh no! I don't know why there's a problem if there is just dough everywhere. Because like... she's the only one with an oven. Yeah, she, she got the one last oven. After the bombs fell, the only stores remaining were a sweet store, a bondage store, a gun store, and an oven store. And every other building in the city was flattened. Yeah. This is canonically the origin of Mad Max. 
I like I like it being not just like she has an oven. It's specifically an oven stall. Yeah. One of, the, one of those buildings with like the show kitchen set up, except for some reason the show kitchens work. So she's yeah. just got like six kitchens to herself. It's they're really like yeah, they've really dedicated to making these show kitchens as realistic as possible. Customers regularly burn their hands. What it is, is to try out a kitchen, you go in, and then you live in the showroom for two months. That is a while. Yeah, um, it was not a particularly, like, you know, effective business, but luckily that sort of became redundant when the bombs fell. It survived the apocalypse because no one gave enough of a shit. <laughs> to be fair, that's probably how I'll survive the apocalypse. My aim for all global disasters is to hide under a box and hope that all of the global disasters pass me by. How's that going so far? Uh, well... Moving on to questions... <laughs> Our first one is anonymous and is topical. Mm. RPG ideas for replacing the Prime Minister. So we, it is down to two people at the moment, I think, isn't it? Mm. I don't know if we've got, like, a winner yet. And frankly, I'm not checking the news, so... Um, I'm gonna... Yeah, it's between Sunak and Truss. So how, how do we force these two Tories to play RPGs to decide which one of them gets to be Prime I Minister? Think... Okay, so I think what you would need to do... I'm sure there must be, like, you know... I know there's various left-wing progressive, like, RPGs which are like, this RPG is about the queer experience. Um, and you get them to play those, and hopefully this gives them an uh, emotional awakening that they're twats. And then... They, you know, is, I think most of them know they're twats, they just don't care. Hmm. Okay. Go so, the other way and have them play like have them play actual fucking monsters and just be like, see, mm. you're cowards. <laughs> what if we give them ideas though? Ah, uh, true. Okay, so what I think they should do. Okay, so they both obviously need to roll persuasion to become MP. But what They're we already don't MPs. Uh become PM. Mm -hmm. uh, but what we don't know, what they don't know is everyone else in the country also gets to roll persuasion. And whoever gets the highest roll wins. Basically, every single person in the country rolls and whoever wins becomes Prime Minister. And frankly, That's it's no... That's a pretty bad RPG idea. I mean, to be fair, it's no, no less fair than the current method of becoming Prime Minister, which is wait for the last Prime Minister to fuck up. And then be rich. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair point. Like, you know... As Dice are cheaper than going to Oxford. Yeah. Implement our dice-based um, governmental system. It's, it's still unfair, but it does at least occasionally will allow a poor person some power. The important thing is the dice should be provided by the government. Yeah. To, to make sure that no one's got, like, rigged ones. Hmm. So I feel like, yeah, so that's my obvious solution. The other solution is we get them to play like, you know, something like Nobilis, one of those really long, convoluted, highly esoteric RPGs. 
And then while they're distracted trying to figure out the rules of that, we sneak in and reform the state. Like it. We just so it's it's less about pick about the RPG picking a new prime minister. It's more about it making sure it's not a senior Tory. Yeah, like you know, I'm sure if we go on like you know the weeds of itch.io, we'll find some needlessly convoluted, incredibly esoteric game where the rules involve sacrificing a goat and reading its entrails under the full moon or whatever. And while they're trying to play that. Yeah, we just sneak in, we mess with some files, so there's funding to the NHS and inform the benefit system and all of that. Like it. There's no possible <laughs> way this can go wrong. Yeah. All we need is for every member of the government to get involved in this RPG, and they're all, like, weirdos. If we make it a game about kicking poor people, you know, they'll all, all be into that. Like the idea, though, that you could... Like you, you change, you change the funding just by like opening up the, the console commands, like send yeah. money to false. Yeah, in the prime in the prime minister's like office, there's just a computer, and you can just go on it, and it says where all the money goes. And you just press some buttons and change it. You'd think it'd be in the chancellor's office. You'd think so, but you know, who knows what the fuck's going on with the government at the moment? That's true. Maybe Boris Probably. stole it. <laughs> I mean, I like I don't like Boris Johnson. Controversial opinion, but if he just like ran out of Number Ten Downing Street, grabbing all of the official papers, and ran down the street, screaming, "You can't have them!" while the police chased him, you know. I mean, my 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 new job probably doesn't have people that listen to this. Most people take something when they leave a job, right? Especially if they basically get sacked or forced out. Hmm. I think Maybe he, should he just take takes the... the money computer. I think he should take the queen. <laughs> By the now. I mean, the current marriage isn't doing so well. Why not at this point? Yeah. Boris Johnson and the queen. There we go. So. I ship it. Yeah, so to answer your question... I mean, I think we answered your question. I don't know if it was, like, a good answer, but I think we answered it. Distract I mean, them with noblesse. They didn't say good RPG ideas, and that's not what we do here. Hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, basically, distract them with RPGs and refund the system. Love it. Uh, our next question is from um, I'm the Stig. This is yes, primarily a pondering question. One. It is a long one. This is primarily a pondering question, but what do you think the percent makeup of an object needs to be classified as a silver weapon? Because clearly there must be a cutoff line, otherwise I could argue the entirety of the planet Earth is a silver weapon and therefore we all should take falling damage. Literally, you know the best way to deal with real swiftly is to be bash his head to the ground. What other fun things can you think of that could technically hurt monsters in weird and interesting ways if you bent the rules a little bit? I think the way I've always thought about it is that the part of the weapon that's doing damage has to mm. be coated. Yeah, like, there has to be silver cutting the werewolf. Yeah. Although, if you took, say, a, sil a solid silver blade and plated it in iron and stabbed the werewolf, would that hurt them? I still think it needs to be silver in physical contact. Hmm, makes sense. But that does mean you could probably harm a werewolf with those expensive workout socks that are meant mm. to, like, 
oh well the silver is antibacterial so yeah it doesn't it doesn't make your feet stink if you can trick a werewolf into putting those on they can't run if you like get one of those socks and fill it with silver pennies and then just whack the werewolf with it i would definitely do something yeah um i do like the sort of discussion on should moonlight hurt vampires because you know it is sunlight Mm. Um, would hitting a werewolf with the entire planet kill it? Discuss. I think the the way of I've, I've seen people talk about the moonlight thing is that the fact that it's reflected off the moon changes it in some way. Mm. Like, like it has to be coming direct from the sun. Yeah, like the way I've heard, like so. So in the world of darkness, this answer is simply that. Because it's um, so, what not? What's the word for not intense? Um, because it's so what? much weaker than it is when it's coming from the sun. It doesn't. It isn't strong enough to do any damage. Mm-hmm. Which does imply, if you got a bunch of mirrors and concentrated the moonlight, that would fry a vampire. Moonlight through a magnifying glass. Yeah, uh, you could defeat any vampire with a giant magnifying glass. I also think the Fae should be vulnerable to irony. But only cold irony. I think the Fae should be vulnerable to a lot more stuff in the modern Mm. day. Yeah. Because most iron objects aren't. Or like iron or steel, I'm using them interchangeably because they were fairly interchangeable at the times when a lot of these myths were were written down. Um, A lot of iron and steel objects now are stamped Mm. they're not forged which means because the cold iron basically means not forged most of the time Mm. so could you kill a fairy with a butter knife i mean i absolutely could because that is for all intents and purposes that is cold steel cold Mm. iron so i think you could kill a fairy with a butter knife yeah i mean like so I heard the argument that, like, you know, because iron sort of represents technology or represented technology in the medieval period, mm-hmm. that's why it sort of was against things of nature. But iron's not really what represents what most modern day people would think of as representing technology. They probably think of electronics. So you can beat a, a fairy to death with a widescreen TV. I mean, I think regardless of sim- of symbolism or not, you could probably beat a fairy to death with a Nokia. Yeah, like Nokias will just go through anything. <laughs> what is the most advanced technology that most people have in their house? It's probably like an Alexa or something. Yeah, I would say, yeah, an Alexa, a computer, that kind of stuff. Uh, laptops, ward or fairies. Like, because there is something interesting with these they kind of... They can't enter your house anymore because of the, the aura of Wi-Fi. <laughs> Fairies can't go anywhere with Wi-Fi, and that's why there aren't any changelings anymore. Discuss. <laughs> like, if, if you give birth in a really old hospital that doesn't have Wi-Fi, still might happen. Like, because the thing is, if you look at like why these myth, why these things repel creatures, like, so the reason garlic repels vampires is because garlic was medicinal and vampires are diseased. Uh, nowadays, you can defeat a vampire with ibuprofen. And or like, hand sanitizer fa- in a water gun. Yeah. 
And like fire was often like, you know, because it, you know, is again also often medicine, medicinal, it purifies things, it stops them from like, you know, cauterize wounds and stuff. I mean, fire also just sucks. Yeah, I mean, like, the other thing, fire kills things because being on fire kills you, like... Yeah, like, I... I think the, people, like... The only like... things I can think of being killed by fire at that point is, like... Witches? But, on, but only if you're Catholic. If you're Protestant, you just hang them. Like, you know, you just, like, yeah, witches, you know, if you burnt their books or broke their wands, they would lose their magic. And, you know, if they now have a PDF grimoire, do you need to destroy the laptop or delete the file? I mean, you can never truly destroy data, right? Yeah. Oh, which is now invulnerable. <laughs> Although, like, I'm, I'm thinking now about things that were, like, protective against witches. Hmm. Like, ah, I will, I will break up a cat when I, while I'm building this house. I will bury a child's shoe on my property. I will make little burn marks next to the window with a candle. There's some really odd mm. anti-witch stuff. Is burying the cat in your property protect you because the witch notices you burying your cat is like, right, not fucking with that guy. Is that the reasoning? I mean, the cat isn't just burying, it's bricking it up alive, which is like, that's that's a lot. The way you protect yourself against a witch is you just stand outside the witch's house and stab a dude and glare at them and go, if you try anything, you're fucking next. <laughs> You've got to establish dominance with witches. Yeah, in the event that in the event that you discover that supernatural is real, go find the most powerful supernatural being and beat them up to establish dominance. <laughs> you gotta you gotta tell tell them who's the alpha. Mm. I've got all the protection against supernatural creatures I need, and I call them righty and lefty. <laughs> you go and t pose at a cover. <laughs> I actually really love the idea of this monster hunter who's like, yeah, I don't bother with iron or silver or fire. I just, like, snap them like a toothpick. Is this why the power of Christ protects against evil? Because he T-posed <laughs> to establish dominance? Uh, I believe theologically, yes. <laughs> uh, and and loaded Jesus T-posed to establish his dominance over sin and the dominion of hell. Um... Well, that's why crosses repel vampires too. The fact they're also religious symbolism is completely incidental. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Protect yourself against supernatural creatures by just being so terrifying they refuse to fuck with you. Um, what I like about this is it's not the first time we've talked about establishing dominance, so that cannot be part of today's title. Mm. Establishing uh, dominance to electric boogaloo. <laughs> Another good way to establish dominance is you beat them in a dance battle. Hmm. In the event a werewolf shows up, challenge it to, like, you know, a dance fight, because they're not very good at that. We're vampires. Don't challenge a vampire to a dance fight. Vampires are amazing at dancing. But a werewolf, you know, it's, it's you know, it's a wolf. Wolves don't dance. It's got, it's literally got two left feet. Yeah. So, yeah. If you have a question then you can submit it to probably bad rpg ideas on tumblr bad probably on twitter we still haven't had any ideas submitted on the twitter so you can be the first 
or by emailing progrybadpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support us and help fund our initiative to give everyone a D20, you can go to patreon.com slash progrybadrpgideas and get access to a Discord server, a bonus episode, homebrew, RPGs, all sorts of fun stuff. And hang out with us, because we're cool. Mm. We're the real reward. If you give enough money, we will just give you pencil. So, thank you for listening. And, and remember to have a probably, probably bad, bad day. day.